Well, thank you guys. <clears throat> thank you choir and our praise team. Thank all of you for, for worshiping with us this morning. And I pray that uh, the Lord was honored and glorified. And so I appreciate you taking an active part in worship. If you brought your copy of God's Word, please turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we want to look at verses 1 through 4 as we look at God's instruction to children and parents. God's instruction to children and parents. I could have probably better titled this, God's Instruction to Children, Part 1, and God's Instructions to Parents, Part 2, next week. And so I believe that's what's going to come about. So if you would, as we look at Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, please stand as we look at the uh, infallible, inspired Word of God. And you follow along as I read. Please stand and look at Ephesians 6, verse 1. Familiar passage. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to worship you. And as we open your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher and guide. We pray that our hearts, our minds will be open, receptive to your word. Help us to realize, Lord, this is a message from you. And Lord, I pray that we would take it to heart. And Lord, that we would be willing to implement your word in our life. Help us to be the doer of your word and not just the hearer. Be with me, I pray, as I share this morning. Give me the words, give me the voice, give me the right spirit, and I share in the right spirit, Lord, as I share your message. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4. Very important passage, not only for the day during the time of Paul, but for every generation. It's particular crucial for our day and time because our generation is a generation of problem children and problem parents. And one of the major causes, causes of tension between the children and the parents, I believe, is a failure to heed the instructions of God's Word. And so we have this morning God's instructions for children, God's instruction for parents. Going to begin first with God's instruction to the children. Look, if you will, there at verse 1. He simply says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I used to, you know, I used to ask my mama, why do I have to do that? And she, one of her favorite answers was, it's because I said so. But a better answer would be because the Lord says so. He says it's the right thing to do. When you obey your parents, the Lord says that's the right thing to do. And so now God gives two commands there in verse 1, verse 2. Uh, and oftentimes we mingle these two commands together. We mingle the obeying and the honoring together. 
And so verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But verse 2, he says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And sometimes we tie these two commandments together, but they're really separate commands. Notice he says there in verse 1, he says, Children. Now that word children refers to those who are not adults. He's talking to children. He's talking to little kids. He's talking to kids. He says children. He's talking to those who are not adults. Children uh, is a word that refers to people who are not adults. And so the point is, he says, children, you're to obey your parents. You're to obey your parents. You say, well, Brother Sammy, what does that mean? Well, it literally means this. Obey your parents. You know, just ob- obey your parents. Uh, submit to your parents. Uh, comply with your parents. Hearken to your parents. Uh, heed your parents. Follow the direction of your parents. Follow the instruction of your parents. Don't look for loopholes. You know, we have children that look for loopholes when they're asked to, by their parents to do something. And they'll be questioning this commandment. They'll, well, I wonder if they ask you to do something wrong. Well, that's real simple. God knew that you would ask that before he even had, uh, had Paul to, to write this down. And, and he says, listen, obey your parents where? In the Lord. See, in the Lord. Uh, uh, he says, obey your parents in the Lord. So the point is, if your parents ask you to do anything that doesn't conflict with Scripture... If they ask you to do anything that's not simple, anything they ask you that lines up with the Word of God, he says you need to obey them. You need to do that. Well, what if they tell me to rob a bank? Well, don't rob a bank. If it's in God's line, if it's in line with Scripture, you need to obey your parents. Don't ask any questions because that's what the Lord says is the right thing to do. If you don't know why you have to do it, well, then God says it's the right thing to do. Now, the easiest part of the sermon is, is that. Children, obey your parents. And it kind of gets harder there in verse 2. Verse 2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother. So he quotes one of the Ten Commandments and says to honor, honor your father and mother. Now notice uh, he, he quotes a commandment that, that comes with a promise. Exodus chapter 20 uh, is, is where he draws this. Exodus chapter 20 uh, is, is the commandment. And it, it has a promise. The other commandments promise something, but uh, if they're not kept. But he promises this is the only commandment that has a promise. And the promise is this. If you, if you will honor if you will honor your father and mother, you're going to live longer on this earth. You need to honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land, that your days may be long on the earth. I feel like I know children, who, older children perhaps, who have cut their lives short because they didn't honor their mother and father. I know children who have lived to be a long live a long life, I feel like, because they honored their parents. They honored their mother and father. And so honoring your father and mother, listen, doesn't end at 18. Doesn't end when you get 18. Therefore, this, this honor your father and mother includes all of us. 
All of us, whatever age you are. If you're 60 years old, your parents still living, you need to honor your father and mother. Uh, if you're 15, you need to honor your father and mother. If you're 15, you need to obey them. And if you're 15, you need to honor them. So the big question is, what does it mean to honor your father and mother, regardless who we are and how old we are? What does, that all, what does all that mean? Well, notice he didn't, he didn't use certain words. Uh, he, he, I'm going to share with you in some what it means. First, I'm going to share what it doesn't mean. He, he chooses the word honor there. He, he didn't choose the word trust. He didn't say trust your father and mother. He didn't say um, admire your father and mother. The, the commandment here was not even to obey. Obey is there in, in, in verse 1, and we'll talk about that a little later. But he, he uses the word honor. So why didn't God use those other words that I mentioned? Why didn't God use trust? Why didn't he use admire? Why didn't he use obey here in, in, in a commandment? But he chose the word honor. You see, a commandment has to be true. It has to be true for all people, all time, in all places. A commandment has to be true for all people, all times, and all places. The point is, God's Ten Commandments can be applied to all people, all places, and all times. They can be applied to all circumstances. They can be applied to all situations, all of the time. However, the words that I mentioned, the trust, the admire, uh, you know, they can't be true all time of all parents. Um, some children have parents that are just not stable, and uh, you can't trust them. They can't trust their parents. Um, I mean, they can't be trusted. Therefore, God didn't command us to trust our parents. He commanded us to what? To honor our parents. Something that can be done all time, all places, with all people. It's a commandment. Now, some parents can't be admired. Now, you may admire your parents. I admired my parents. You may admire your parents. But some, some parents uh, cannot be admired. Uh, you know, there's some pretty bad parents out there. And you can't, they, their children can't admire them. And some may ask, well, why didn't God command us to obey there in verse 2? Why didn't he command us to obey them? Now, remember, we're talking about honoring at, at all different ages. Well, our relationship with our, with our parents changes as we grow up. Um. God doesn't, he tells the children in verse 1, chapter 6, he says, children, remember those are uh, children, they're not adults yet, they're children. He says, children, obey your parents. He's speaking to little ones, obey your parents. He's not speaking to the 60-year-old child. He's talking about the little ones, children, obey your parents, obey them. And, and your relationship, my relationship changed. Your relationship as you grow older changes with your parents. So he, he, he tells us in chapter 1, verse 1, obey your parents. But in chapter 5, verse 31, notice that verse. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall jo be joined to his wife, and they, they too shall be uh, one flesh. 
So he's saying, children, one day you're going to get married and you're going to leave your parents and you're going to choose a mate. And you don't have to obey your parents anymore because you're, you're now a responsible adult and you're responsible for your own decisions. As a child, you obey them as you grow older. As a child, you honor them. But as you grow older, you honor them. He says that we're to honor them. So the point is, if you don't distinguish between honor and some of the words that I mentioned, it's going to bring about a real tense relationship in your life between you and your parents. Now, you'll, you'll think, some think, that you're required to do some things in that relationship that you have with your parents that God really is not requiring you to do. Now, my mom was that way. My mom thought obeying and honoring was kind of interchangeable. So when you're 60 years old, you're supposed to still do what I told you to do, Sam. Y'all been there? Y'all done that? So I wanted to, this was for my benefit a long time ago, to look at the difference between obeying and honor. So what does it mean when we say honor? Well, first of all, honor is not a feeling. Honor is a choice that you make. Honor is a moral choice that we make every day. We make a choice every day, if your parents are still living, to honor your mother and father, your father and mother. Honor is not a feeling. God doesn't ask us to operate on feelings. He, he asks us to operate on the facts of his word. So what's the definition of honor? I'm going to give you a good definition that I found. Hopefully it will help you. It did me. To honor your parents is a commitment to treat them with dignity and respect and to commit to their long-term best interest. That's honoring your parents. Let me say that again. To honor your parents is a commitment to treat them with dignity and respect and to commit to their long-term best interest. That's what honoring your parents is all about. Okay? So, you, now, you can honor your parents. You can honor your parents without being sentimental. In other words, your parents may have put you in a bad situation and, and you honor your parents out of respect. You're not all gushy about it. You're not sentimental about it. In other words, you are forced to honor them, but the, the, feelings, um, the feelings are just, well, the relationship is not what it should be, but you're maintaining that honor t to your parents. However, honor is, is a command. you notice that? It's a command. He says there in Ephesians 2, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And so to honor your father and mother is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. That's what he wants us to do. So you're forced to honor them, but the feelings uh, perhaps uh, are, are not what they should be but you still maintain that commandment. Honor is a command. So a child, regardless of their age, are to honor their parents. Now the question I jotted down is, who am I to honor? Well, you're to honor your mom and dad. However, we live in a society in which children aren't always in the home of a mom and dad, as they once were. Now, it's, it's not... Uh, always that a child's in a home with a biological mom and dad. 
So the question is, how do I apply this command, and who am I supposed to give this honor to? Someone might say this, well, uh, it, you know, what if, uh, what if I don't know my real parents? Uh, uh, where am I to give this honor out? Uh, where, where can I be obedient in this command? Well, honor is a choice that's not tied to bloodlines. Okay? Now hear me with this. Um, the Bible is really not concerned with the old saying, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. The Bible's not concerned about that. Because you see, in this world that we live in, there's this culture thing that, uh, uh, that we think, well, since I'm biological responsible for you, I brought you into this world, therefore I'm due some kind of respect from you. But, but being, now listen, being biological responsible for someone's presence in the world, that's not the end of the road. That's really the beginning. When a child is born, that's not the end, guys. That's, that's, that's the beginning. And I'm saying that to say that you can't just be absent for the, the mundane, everyday hard work of parenting and expect to show up at graduation and get a pat on the back for being that, that young man or that young girl's parent. It's much deeper than that. Parenting is not just a biological act that brings a kid into the world, but parenting is, a, is decisions, everyday decisions, uh, decisions about fatherhood. Uh, parenting are decisions that, that take place every single day in regards to feeding and bathing and diaper changing and spanking and every interaction that takes place. Dads, moms, both of you are to be a part of that. Recently, our daughter came home, and she took a three-day sabbatical. She took a three-day rest. She, uh, she'd had a lot on her recently with her health, and, and Shane said, I'll tell you what, why don't you just go visit your mom and dad for two or three days and enjoy yourself, and I'll take care of uh, Canaan, and I'll take care of Judah. And she's a special-needs child. And so Shane stayed at home, and, and he fed, and he bathed, and he diaper changed, and he disciplined, and, and he, he washed the little girl's hair and dried her hair and, and fixed her hair, and he was his great parent. He's great dad. He's a parent. So listen, just, just being the one that brings them into the world really doesn't bestow on you some sort of respect that you're not owed. That's the message I'm trying to get across. Uh, you say, well, Brother Sammy, uh, I mean, they're supposed to honor me. Um, I parented them. They're supposed to honor me. Well, if you, if you didn't parent them, parent them, then you're really not deserving of that honor, to be quite frankly. Be quite frank. Your parents are the ones who taught you, who raised you, who loved you, and who invested in you. And uh, they they may not be the person, they may not be the person who has their name on your birth certificate, but they're your parents. And for the majority of the people 
in, the, in this room and who's going to be watching on TV and listening to this on the radio, someone loved you, someone cared for you, someone raised you. May have been grandparents, may have been an aunt, may have been an uncle, may have just been a neighbor who cared for you. But just because there were two human beings in your house that called themselves your parents who really were no parents to you at all, but there was someone in the world, someone who loved you, who cared for you, who took care of you, who raised you, and who invested their life in you. Someone did that. And so we need to remember they're to be honored. They're to be honored. You know, uh, I got to thinking about adoption with Judah, and we're all adopted children. We all are adopted children of God. And I've heard some that are adopted children have adopted parents. They'll say, well, that's not my real dad or that's not my real mom. Listen, as far as God's concerned, an adoptive parent is just as binding and perhaps more so than a blood relationship. Um, a person who has no blood ties may be just as much your parent than the person who had blood ties ever was. Uh, they're your parent. That's how God loves us through Jesus. We were adopted into his family. And so the question is then, who shall I honor? Well, you know who your parents are. You know who loved you. You know who raised you. And then the question comes up, well, how can I bestow this honor? I jotted down three, three things about how to bestow this honor. Listen to this, if you will. Jot this down. First of all, you honor those, you honor them through communication. Um, some of the worst relationships are with adult parents and adult children. I know, I, I've, I've, uh, I, I deal with this from time to time with people calling and needing to talk with, about their children or about their parents. Some of the worst relationships are between adult parents and adult children. Something's happened in the past, there's some bitterness, there's some anger, there's some unforgiveness that's carried over over the years, and, and there's no communication. Let me say this, you need to communicate, brother. Recently, a lady called me a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she said, Brother Sammy, do you have anyone at the church that can help me move? Not a could help me move from one apartment to another apartment. It was during the mission trip, and we had like 16 out, and we didn't really have any men available at that time. And, and I said, well, and I knew the person, and I knew her children, and I knew her sons-in-laws. And, and I said, well, listen, why don't you ask your son-in-law, mention his name? And she said, oh, we haven't spoken in months. I said, do what? We haven't spoken in months. I said, well, that's a shame. I said, you're a Christian. They're Christians. Why haven't you spoken? Well, it's a long story. Some people say, well, they don't deserve me speaking to them. I've had that said to me. Well, we don't deserve a lot, but God is very gracious to us, and the way he deals with us uh, through grace should be the same way that we should deal with those that we refer to as our parents. Uh, I'm going to tell you what makes my day. Tell you what makes my day is when I can verbally speak to my children. And I love my grandchildren. 
but to verbally speak to my children, to be able to speak to them. Now, texting is fine, email is fine, uh, uh, you know, uh, those things are fine. But verbally speaking to your children. I, I, Judah and I lived for 10 years, I guess, out of state, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama. Every day I can remember calling my parents. I can remember calling them in the morning, checking on them at night. I can remember talking to them at least twice a day. Every, every day I'd call them. I'd either call them or they'd call me. Tell you something that's sad. My sister, my brother-in-law, they're just heartbroken. They have, they've not spoken. They've not had any communication, as far as that goes, with a son for almost 11 years. I don't know what that'd be like. And I can only imagine God for me not talking to him from time to time, just waiting and waiting for me to call on him. I think that's the way some parents are. So if, if nothing else, send a card. Send, send a card on a birthday. Send a card at Christmas. Send, send, just send a card. And you say, well, Brother Sammy, they keep sending them back. Well, they, they can't stop you from sending the card, and they'll always know you sent them. And so the point is that you have to, you, you've got to make an effort to communicate with them. If you're going to fulfill commandment in verse 2, you're going to have to communicate. So to honor your parents, you need to communicate with them. Secondly, you need to care for them. Uh, we need to pray for caregivers. I've experienced being a caregiver. Some of you will eventually, if you haven't already. When you get our age, my age, you're going to experience being a caregiver. Maybe before you, you get as old as me. But uh, uh, you, you need to care for them. You say... I've had to say, well, they didn't, they didn't care anything for me. They never cared about me. I mentioned this to a lady one time, and she said, well, I, I don't care about so-and-so, and this is her mother, and she called her by her first name. She never did care anything about me. Really? You see, as a believer, we have to reflect Christ. We want to operate in the grace that's been shown to us through Christ. Here's the point. One day... You may be put in a situation where you have to offer a level of care to your parent that they never offered to you. You may be called on to do that. You see, God commanded that we honor them, and that's with dignity and respect, and to care for them in the long term. And so to honor them, first you have to communicate. Well, how can I communicate with this person? They don't want to communicate with me. Or how can I honor this person who doesn't deserve my honor? Or how can I care for this person who never cared for me? Now, I want you to listen real close because this may be the most important part of the sermon for some here today and that will be listening and who will be viewing television. In order to honor them, you may just have to forgive them. So long, perhaps, your parent really hasn't been the parent that God commanded them to be. And because of that, you've harbored maybe unknowingly bitterness and hatred and resentment and you have hurts and you have scars 
and, and you're still holding on to hope that one day they're going to wake up and they're going to be the parent that you feel like they should have been. But the reality is that may not ever happen. And if you keep carrying that bitterness, if you keep carrying that burden with the expectation that uh, they're never going to be able to meet, if you're carrying that expectation, you'll never be able to operate on the level of grace that God expects you to operate on. Your, your relationship will always be tense. You say, Brother Sammy, <clears throat> uh, what if they don't apologize? Remember, and this is not original, I forget where I heard it. Remember, reconciliation is a duet, but forgiveness is a solo. I never forgot that. Reconciliation, it takes two. But forgiveness, that's a solo. You do that yourself. And we'll, we'll always be able to forgive as a Christian. There's a little tombstone out there beside the cemetery that we buried our unforgiveness. And on it is the words we chose to forgive or we choose to forgive. And so we forgive Christ forgave us in the same way we forgive them. But some of you that are here today or be listening by radio, viewing the TV, you need to come to the Lord today, perhaps, and say, Lord, I, I repent of the bitterness, the hate, the anger, those hurtful things that I did toward them. And in my heart, I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to communicate to them that they're forgiven. I'm going to start treating them with the honor that you've commanded me to in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Now, let me say this. Instead of looking to them for something that they never offered you, you need to go to the person that can meet those needs you've been looking for. Uh, the acceptance that you were looking for in your parents, you didn't find it in them, you go to God. He can... He can uh, he will accept you, regardless what you've done, who you are. The acceptance is found in Him. The love that you look for in them, you can find it in Him. The, the, the forgiveness you look for in them, you can find it in Him. The, the trust you, you were looking for in them, uh, you can find it in Him. He never breaks a promise. He's always trustworthy. He's faithful in His forgiveness. He's faithful in His love, faithful in His trust. And so everything that you're desperate for, everything you're longing for, everything you're aching for in this life, regards, regards to your parents, all of that much more can be experienced when you forgive and you let go and you give yourself completely to the Lord Jesus. You'll find all of that. You need to come today, perhaps. Forgive, surrender, and experience what you've been searching for. So there's a challenge to the children. Number one, you obey. There's a challenge to the children, all of us. You honor your father and mother by communicating with them, by caring for them, and by forgiving them. Next week, we want to look at verse 4. And fathers and mothers, and fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We want to see what that is, what God has to say to us in that verse. Let's bow our heads for prayer.
Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to look at a verse that sometimes it's kind of been confusing when we looked at the word obey and we looked at the word honor. And sometimes we get those tangled up. Even at times we see them meaning the same thing, but we realize today it really doesn't. And so, Father, help us to realize today we are as children to obey our parents, but then at a certain time we become adults. We, become, we begin to make our own decisions. We're responsible for those decisions. And we're not obeying them as such, but then we're called to honor our parents and treat them with dignity and respect, Lord, uh, for the years ahead, as long as they live. Help us to get that message today. I thank you for each person here, and as you've spoken to our hearts, help us, we pray, to respond to your Holy Spirit as he leads us in this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name.